Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. You are listening to the Scanlines podcast. Uh, we are now officially uh, not only just on YouTube, but also on any of your favorite uh, audio listening platforms for podcasting. So check us out wherever you like to listen to podcasts. My name is Eric, and today with me, I have my friend Sebastian, who is living in Japan, and my friend Danny in Sweden. I am also in Japan myself, in Osaka, um, and we're going to be talking about retro video games. And I actually have a question for both of you guys. I think to start this off, it's good to start with a question. Everyone and their mom played this, so I know it's a bit of a tired question. It's probably not the best question to ask. But I want to know your guys' history with playing Pokemon as a kid. Danny, I want to start off with you because I know you, you, your history with gaming started a little later in your life, as far as I know, with the Xbox 360. Did you grow up playing Pokemon at all? Or did you watch the show, or was there any of that? I remember, I, I remember watching the show and playing the card game. Well, not really with playing, just collecting, because you yeah. nobody knew how to play the, the actual game. But <laughs> I remember I played Pokemon Red, I played Pokemon Emerald, but I can't remember when. Okay. Like, if it was when I was 18, or if it was when I was 15, I, I can't really remember. But I played a lot. I do like them. I, I really like Pokemon Silver. And uh, Pokemon Red, yeah, Gen One and Gen Two. Um, I yeah. I agree with that. It's it, you can see it as kind of a scam, and I'll, I'll ask Sebastian in just a moment. But I, I, it's kind of a scam. The, the obviously like the Pokemon, how they release like two or three different colors. It's the same game, but it kind of forces you to buy more versions. But of course, the idea, like you know, not business wise or not like one hundred percent completionist wise, is that you and your friends can buy different versions of the game and each person gets different Pokemon that you can then trade. If you happen to not be familiar with Pokemon, I apologize if none of this makes any sense, but I assume most people listening know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, so in that sense, it actually worked out very well for my brothers and I. I have three brothers and uh, my youngest brother was too young to play. So me, my older brother and the brother below me, so three of us, we got copies of Pokemon Blue, Red and Yellow for Christmas. And so my parents didn't buy it uh, like with intention to give one to each person. They just bought all three and thought we could share them or whatever. And we ended up just kind of uh, sticking with the ones that we played that first day. So I just happened to grab yellow. My older brother got blue, younger one got red. And then now those are all like our favorite ones. Like if I asked my older brother what his favorite one was, he liked blue because that's the one he played. So I have a soft spot for yellow with the, the special Pikachu edition. That one's super fun. You get all the starters and she follows you around. Super cool, um, and Ruby was my one. Sebastian, what is your history with Pokemon, man? My history is... I'm going to include Mike in the history, too, because we kind of got this stuff at the same time, since he's part of the podcast. But um, for me and Mike, it was uh, essentially... I think I was around, like, five or six, and I got my first game. It was, like, a big, like, plastic, like, Costco bundle, which it had the Game Boy Color, and then it had the Pokemon Red in it. And you didn't keep it in mint condition? No, because I wanted to. <laughs> Is what we're had that. now I in our had that. Years. Yeah. It was before eBay came out. <laughs> yeah. Man, if, if only there was some foresight of how valuable this stuff was, um, nothing would have got thrown away. Because it's all gone. It's just so crazy that we, we thought, because I think it was because they were cardboard boxes that it was like, Think about when you got like when I got like a Tamagotchi toy or any other any other toy at the store, right? You see the packaging, you open it, you get the manual, it tells you how it works, then you immediately toss that and then you play with your toy, right? So we I mean that so like as much as we could get mad at ourselves for throwing away the boxes, that's literally what toys were. And that's Game Boys were considered a toy. Like now it's like it's a video game. It's you know, it's it's its own, you know, uh form of entertainment and media but like back then we just saw it as another toy and um if only we knew because i Wait. could have had a lot of boxes worth money yeah let me anyway, let me continue so um the costco was selling these like bundles right and these big like plastic you know those you know those kind of plastics that were like hard to open you like scissors yeah i hate it? that yeah, yeah yeah so like you're a kid you're like, like trying to open it but you can't yeah yeah like a blister pack yeah so um mike got mike got yellow and i got red pokemon red so um, that's how it started out, I'm pretty sure. And, and uh, then uh, we pretty much opened it up and we started playing together. Um, we were super young. And then 
Yeah, the age, and then I ended up getting uh, the next gen too as well, silver and gold, and we ended up playing that together as well. And Mike mentioned it before, we like we used to play our Pokemon games at the same exact time, so like we would like mimic each other's moves in the game and try to see like and do it together. Cool. You know what I mean? But that's it for like the first like two right. rounds, and then like after that we got tired. But it was kind of fun to do that and like start together because we were like brothers, so we were like competing. Yeah. But um. Um, that's pretty much the history of Pokemon. But the funny story about I want to tell a funny story about Mike with his uh, Pokemon Yellow because he ended up uh, we ended up going to like some like vacation with our family and like we ended up going by a pool and I think somebody stole his Pokemon Yellow because he like left it on like a on like a on like his like little like uh, what what do you call, what's the thing what's the thing you sit on the, the sun chair oh, like a chair foldable uh, chair the sun chair yeah yeah I guess it's called what is that a lounge chair no. I don't know what. What the, is that called? A tanning chair, <laughs> a sun a chair, a, a, a beach chair, chair a beach bench, pool bench. bench. No, that's a that's a homeless house. It's funny because I know what it's called it in like <laughs> another language, house. but I don't. Yeah. You know. like, I don't know. I know what it's I've, called in another language, but I don't know what it's called. I've been in living, English, but um, yeah. Anyway, he and so long. I forgot that like petty theft was a thing yeah. back home. Yeah. <laughs> people people don't rob anyone here. It's crazy. I've. For those listening, uh, Sebastian and I were living in Japan, man, and we have, we probably both have a bunch of stories of just people. If you go to a Starbucks, people leave their iPhones, their wallets, on their purses at the table, go to the bathroom, come back. There's no concern. It's very. I Dude. still have a hard time doing it. I got robbed today. Well, we <laughs> noticed it today. We don't really know when it happened because Wait, oh, what? Uh, <laughs> I, I just came from my girlfriend's house, and I keep all the games I buy in that town up in the the attic storage that they have. And it it's in, inside like a big, basically a big cage of iron. That's just mm. And someone actually like bend the door to reach in with a hand and grab like a PS3 controller and some games. They couldn't really reach anything more. Up. Wait, so are you actually, serious? Wait, like, yeah, it's, yeah. It's in, it's in her house? No, so, so it's in the attic, like over the apartments. So other people have access to it. Yes, other people have access to it, but like the door to the storage is supposed to be locked as well, but people don't lock it because they're lazy. So mm. someone obviously just went upside and then started. Oh, PS3 sitting there. And... Yeah. So now, so... unfortunately, you're gonna have to like get a blue tarp and cover it up before you lock up yeah. the the iron cage. percent. I actually so had a Nintendo Switch light up there as well. If they actually wouldn't seen it, they probably would have like gone through the whole way just try to break the lock instead they might be yeah, coming I, back too I, yeah it's hard for me to picture that because that that doesn't sound like any apartment building i we have in back in the u.s having like a locked cage above the apartments so it's usually <laughs> like in the basement they have like extra storage okay. for the apartments in sweden because like it's mm. pretty handy yeah it's, uh, it's okay super handy because like i've seen it in a Keep I've seen it in America. Decorations and everything like that. So you actually have like a storage for your shit that you don't use every time, every day. I know exactly what you're talking about. Right? Yeah, it's a place for safekeeping stuff. Now, it doesn't sound all that safe. Now, does it? No, that, that, <laughs> that fucking sucks, dude. I'm sorry to yeah. hear that. I, I'm, I'm glad it was just like a controller and some shitty like FIFA or something. I, I don't really know what game it was. What are the so what are those, anything those guys called in uh, the UK that are kind of like the like street thug wannabes that wear all the uh, head to toe Adidas track suits? What are those guys called with the shaved heads? The chavs? Is that what it is? The chavs? Chavs. You got robbed by a chav, dude. Chavs. You grabbed the <laughs> control of the FIFA and ran. Got it. Got it. <laughs> I just it just sounded like you're it just sounded like you're describing a Russian. That's it. That's all I. Thought. Yeah, that, that's what now I'm that's hearing crazy. too. Nah, <laughs> <laughs> I've never been to Russia. I've actually never been to the UK either. Just see him on memes. Well, uh, Danny, other than getting your supplies like subtracted, what have you added to your collection recently? So, I've actually had time to play some games, but I have one cool pickup uh, for the store, and I have some games to show that I've actually like. For once, I've had time to actually play some games, and it's been wonderful. Nice. But uh, a cool pickup for the store is. Def Jam fight for New York City. What is that? <laughs> it's you don't know this game, it's a, dude. It's a fighting I, game. I remember a friend of mine had it. I I remember this game. This game's hilarious. This game is isn't 
awesome. I've actually played a little bit. It's a fighting game. The sound effects are amazing. I love the sound effects. Isn't Def Jam like the music label? It is. Yeah. It's usually like a Def Jam rap star and Wii. There's yeah. some shitty games. But this is a fighting game, and it's it's very fun. But this goes for over a hundred dollars. Oh wow! It's I didn't incredibly know it expensive, and the GameCube version is even more. I think it's over two hundred. I remember my friend who owned it. He owned that and uh, that midnight. Uh, what? Oh shit! What's it called? The Midnight Club racing I think game. It was called Midnight Club. I think that's what it was called. Yeah, the racing I think it's one. Called, uh, yeah. Yeah. So, like he loved. It, he he was into cars and he was super into hip hop. So he owned Midnight Club for that. So he had like the kind of like, uh, what's the Tokyo Drift movie? Uh, Fast and the Furious. He had that. And then the the Def Jam was for, it's literally, Sebastian, it's literally like street fighting. So they're like mm-hmm. outside and like throwing each other against like metal cages and shit. It's hilarious. They're in the streets. I went for so much. I, I, I played for like maybe 30 minutes just trying it out. And it's, it's really fun. That's awesome. Yeah. And the sound effects, like, you can actually, like, kind of feel when you punch someone. It's not like really? that. It's... Yeah. It's like... <laughs> That's a good feeling. That's awesome. It's, like, immersive. Awesome. And on the Xbox, too, with the, with the Duke controller, just massive vibrations. <laughs> the Duke. The, the Duke. Duke. But yeah, I, I never had it. I never had the original Xbox, so I, I think I... I don't know most of the games that came out for that other than, like, Halo. Do you know the Do you know the the reason why the Duke was as big as it was? I recently found out. No. Why? So the, no. for those listening, if you don't know, if you're young or something, that the original Xbox controller was so fucking big that even like adults, like I mean, I'm I'm a small guy for an adult. Like I have pretty small hands. Like it's still a massive controller. Like it's like really crazy. hard to get your hands around. So as a kid. It was kind of hard to appeal the Xbox to kids because it was just too damn big. And the reason, apparently, was that the patent that they had on the the actual like, I, you know, the 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 in, inner inside guts of the controller, like the engineering behind it, they had patented it like very early on and didn't account for the size of like how big it, how much space they would need to fit it in there. So and then by then it was too late. So they had to work with it because they couldn't get like a new patent to like rework it. So they're like, we have to work with this size, and it ended up being fucking this big. So they, they it was just kind of like a, it was like a legal issue, like a patenting issue, apparently. I remember like, when they yeah. showed off the Xbox, the Rock was on the was on stage, yeah. and, and the controller actually <laughs> oh, really? looked like, wow, that is like a regular controller. <laughs> He's wearing the sweater with the chain. I remember. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. He looked like a Def Jam fight character, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Was that at an E3 or was that just like a E3? Yeah. Event? I wonder what year that was. That was like 2000... 2001, maybe two, three, four, five. Yeah, around there. Not it's accounting when... COVID, but do they even do E3 anymore? Yes. Like, the the E3 is. I think it's like next week or something. Technically. It's soon. Like, oh, yeah, it's, it's coming it's up. Some... Are they doing yeah. They can't be doing a digital E3. I think okay. it was like. The last of March, no March, May, something. I look forward to well, next well, year. Well. <laughs> I yeah. look forward to next year. It's gonna be a a good year, I think, or a, a crazy year. Letting everyone lose. <clears throat> all right, but I've also it's had all digital. To actually, it's all digital. Yeah. Are they, are are they thinking like payments to actually watch it? Like, do you need a ticket? I don't think so. Pay per view. Absurd. No, nobody would. Nobody would sign up for that. Everybody would just. Some, yeah, right. Like, you know, pirate it. Exactly. They need to bring back G4, man. They got to bring back G4. Yeah. I'd pay for that. You know, I'd pay him 10 bucks. No more than that. Four was I good. wouldn't pay him anymore. <laughs> cool. Danny, any more pickups you wanted to show, or is that the, the big dog? I'll, I'll show some games that I've had time to play for once. Okay, cool. Let's see, let's see. So, I, I remember I came home last week for doing the podcast, uh, and mm. I was so excited to turn on my piece uh, ps2 and play some ssx tricky but nice. my the, the disc i had was way too scratched up mm. so i couldn't play it but i ordered three more just so i could play basically 20 hours this week <laughs> so Great. i can actually play, play all now. three discs, eight hours on yes. each disc yeah yes. <laughs> That's I so can finish funny, it three dude. times. 
But love, you can, damn, I love SSX Tricky. I love SSX is that overall. the one where you can take the snowboard off and like do the air guitar and then put it back on and then keep riding? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Depends on what character you have. I think I that's think Simon. That the, um, I think I have the GameCube one, which has Mario as a character. Like you can you can snowboard as uh, Mario. That's SSX Three though, not Tricky. Okay, okay. We got an SSX yeah. fan over here. I think you can play Mario and Peach. Might be wrong on that. It might be Mario and Luigi. Um, does he or something? Maybe it's what I don't know. I was like, does Peach ski well, or something? Maybe it's different. No, I don't know. No, just snowboards. Cool. But do you snowboard also, in real life? No, I never. I never even skied, dude. I was wondering. I was just trying Wait. to do the tricks in this. I, I know this. No offense, everyone in Sweden can at least ski. No skiing, no. huh? No skiing. But you're also the guy who never you you admitted you don't know how to ride a bike, so I don't know. No, what I to don't think. know how to ride a bike. <laughs> <laughs> but you have a longboard. That's so weird. You can't ride a bike, but you can skateboard. That seems crazy. <laughs> yeah, no, right? It's no like transportation. way more dangerous. But I have an electric scooter instead. Much better. <laughs> Did you grow up in a city? No. no. I live in a barn. <laughs> Did you grow up in a barn? <laughs> Pretty much, Eric. You've been to my place. Can you ride a horse? Yeah, I can awesome. ride a horse. Sweden okay, is... he can ride a horse. That's why. I can ride a horse. Sweden was super, super nice. I would love to do another trip with, like, the Scanlines crew. Like, we all go visit. Oof. Man, that would be fun. But first, I need to go make so camping. Uh, I need to go save retro game camping trip because, goddamn. Sweden I is could a actually bright. take you to some, like, the, we, we do have, a, like, a retro game museum in Stockholm. That'd be fun. That like, yeah, right? And then we go to, to the that basement. Bar. That was fun. Yeah. I forget the name of it. What was the Let's give a shout out to the esports bar. Uh, what's it called? Kappa? Yeah, it was something weird like that. Appa? I think it was it's a like, no, Kappa. Kappa. I think it's called Bar Kappa. Oh, because of like Twitch? Yeah. Bar Kappa. The, the Kappa yeah. face? Yeah, I yeah. Think yeah. So. I remember we were we were doing a that was when I was doing IRL streaming still so I had my my streaming backpack and mm. the the owner or the waitress whatever lady was working there she she yeah, was like oh lady? my god my, my, sorry she was hot I'll admit she was very she was smoking but we were also in Sweden so everyone's beautiful oh, yeah, everyone's guys beautiful. yeah <laughs> everyone's beautiful except yeah. for Danny and oh, uh, I need, I need boy. Low blood. No, Danny's like seven foot, dude. He's very, very handsome, man. Um, but no, but she, she was like, "Hey, like, so you stream too? My, my husband, he streams a lot of PUBG. Like, you should follow his channel." So we raided his channel while it was like on the screen, and he was like super thankful and like called her, and then she like thanked us. Like that was just, it was so funny. Like just that whole streaming, weird, that whole world. <laughs> it was, that was fun. That was fun. I remember, it was funny though because that that like whenever I picture like an esports bar, I mean I guess it depends on what city you're in, but sometimes they're kind of like nasty and like smell like you know gamers. Right. But it was just a nice bar, super clean, like super like uh, I don't know. I was just impressed by how clean it was. I, it's I liked not it a lot. What you think about when you hear it, like an esport bar? No, it was it was definitely like there was people just casually drinking there, which I really like. It reminded me of. Yeah. Um, ground control back in portland I, remember kind of I, I went there with a couple of buds and played magic a couple of times just dude fuck yes oh i want to do we need to have a we need to just do like a magic podcast dude Let's talk about magic arena because that's fun yeah. magic it's fun you shouldn't well if you haven't you shouldn't, you shouldn't if, you, if you have any economic like crisis in any way don't start magic yeah it's okay. not it's like yeah, it's it's so if you're fun. Not though. a millionaire. Yeah, it's so. it's one of those games like that. I always promise like that, and um, like any any like tabletop games like Warhammer. Like when I retire, if there's any monies in my savings account, then I'll consider doing it. Like when I'm retired with all the time in the world to sit there and like paint the figures because it sounds fun as hell. But you need time and money, and, and money. I, I definitely don't have. That has like a way too many cards, so you can borrow. Oh, there you That's go. What yeah. I had. <laughs> I feel like uh, last tangent on magic before uh, we lose Sebastian's uh, focus or his uh, interest in us because he doesn't know what we're talking about. But that I that's why I always like doing drafting because it was only like ten or fifteen dollars at a time. 
you basically uh sebastian there's a there's a mode called drafting where um you basically uh you pay like 10 15 to buy in and each person gets mm. three packs of cards like picture pokemon right you get three packs of cards you everyone is sitting in a circle there's like eight people and you all open up your pack and you're only allowed to take one card from the pack and then you pass the cards to your left so you get one card and then you get a pack passed to you right so then depending on what you get passed to you right so like in magic there's like different types of cards there's like fire there's basically five colors white black red green and blue and so like if, if you're getting past a bunch of blue cards then you can assume like oh no one here is going blue maybe maybe i should go blue because people are going to pass me a bunch of blue cards and then when that runs out you open up another pack take it and then pass it to the right and then after that's all done you have to build a deck using the cards that you pulled kind of like sebastian numlock pokemon it's kind of like that it's numlock no what's that so uh danny before i i want but well i'll just mention it and then we'll talk about it in a second but um have you ever heard of a, the numlock challenge nuzlock 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 yes i've heard oh i thought oh i'm thinking numlock like my keyboard <laughs> sorry <laughs> so Sebastian, i've heard about numlock, yeah. by the way, it's not a pokemon it's the, the pokemon's name is nu nu nuzleaf and then lot the 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 Nuzlocke character that that name is a character from that comic book on okay, 4chan okay. or whatever. So so Danny, have you ever heard of this uh Numlock Nuzlocke challenge? Lock challenge? Yeah, sure. I'll, I'll do it now. I'm locked in. Too. <laughs> Unlock. <laughs> have you ever heard of it, Danny, the Pokémon challenge? Yes, I've heard. Yeah. Okay, so for those listening that may not have known, I've never done it, but uh Sebastian and I are going to be trying it this week for the first time I've, I've heard of it always been kind of wanting to do it but i didn't really know what it was and i didn't wasn't really interested in playing pokemon at the time but it kind of felt right I'm, i've been playing a lot of game boy lately and doing some homebrew and i'm like sebash we should try the try the nuzlocke so for those listening who might not know what it is um if you go on youtube or twitch or anything like that there's a lot of people who do it it's basically um a way of playing the original pokemon games like we were talking about but you put some limitations on yourself. Um, so you don't like mod the game or anything like that. It's just, it's kind of like um, an honor system. Like you make rules for yourself. The main rules are, there's basically only three actual rules and then past that you can make whatever rules you want. But rule number one, if your Pokemon dies, it dies. It's basically a hardcore mode. Imagine playing like hardcore mode Diablo 3 or uh, Iron Man mode on RuneScape or something that where if you die you're, you're dead permanent it's permadeath i guess is a good way to put it right hardcore survival mode yeah so if if you're battling with your pikachu and it faints that po that pikachu is dead you cannot use it again you can't revive it you either put it in the the bank as like a graveyard or you just release it rule number two you're only allowed to catch the very first pokemon that you see in on a route so if you go to route 101 and you see a rattata level three you can you can let it go, but that's the only Pokemon you're allowed to catch on that route until you get to the next route. So you kind of have to decide, like, fuck, I'm stuck with this Rattata. Like, I guess I gotta go with it. So your your options are very limited on what Pokemon you get to use. So you usually end up with a big misfit team of like shitty Pokemon that you have to make work. Shinies are an exception. If you find a shiny, you're allowed to catch it because it's so rare. It's kind of a gimme. And then rule number three. You, in order to uh, make the bond between you and this Pokemon uh, permadeath even stronger, you must, and I, I mean must, nickname the Pokemon. You can't, you, it can't be Pikachu, it can't be Charmander. You have to give it a name. That way, like, you're battling with it for, like, weeks, you know, weeks trying to get to the Elite Four. It faints. It dies. It wasn't a Charmander that died. It was Flame Boy. And Flame Boy is now resting in peace. And then it's it's just apparently meant to have you like build a stronger connection to the, this Pokemon that you're trying to make work. And if it dies, there's just so much risk involved. So if it dies, you're allowed to swap it out with another Pokemon that you caught on another route. Um, but yeah, so Sebastian and I are going to be trying that uh, this week. I think today, are you going to bring your Game Boy today, Sebastian? I think we're going to... Yeah, I'm going to bring my Game Boy today. I'm going to try it out. So Sebastian, goes, um, what are we, we going to do? Where are we going today, Sebastian? Um, so today we are going to Kyoto to check out one of Eric's favorite game shops, 
Surugaya. And I'm really excited because Eric's been hyping this place up for just so weeks excited. now. And he's been wanting to go. So I, I want to see what they what they got. I, I, I want to see if it lives up to the hype. You know what I'm saying? He's taken me out on a date to my favorite shop. It's yeah. So basically there's a shop, there's a chain of stores in Japan that I mention all the time called Sudugaya. Highly recommend it. Uh, if you ever find one, if you're visiting here. Um, but the one specifically in Kyoto is the highest of tiers when it comes to game shop. Not only does it have like a bunch of stuff, but it also has two floors. So they just have this unbelievable amount of stock they carry for every system because they have so much room. And Sebastian, you're just, I think you're going to be surprised. I mean, I hope I don't let you down. It's obviously like completely dependent on what they have, but I've never gone there and been let down ever. I've always been blown out of the water. Like what the fuck? Like you wish you had $2,000 every time you go in there, like for real. Cause it's just mm -hmm. every time they have stuff that you're like, Oh my God, that is so rare. It's like 150 bucks, but it's so worth it buying. Cause it's worth more than that back home. Like it's crazy. So we're going, uh, it takes about an hour's train ride to get to Kyoto from where we live uh, here in Japan. Uh, Kyoto, if you don't know, it's a very, um, it's known for its temples. Danny, I think you and I did one day there and then never yeah. went again because it was so hot. <laughs> yeah, way too hot. <laughs> two, uh, two very pale boys in Kyoto. It, uh, we melted for sure. But um, I, like, I, like, I used to like going there a lot when I first came here. I don't go so much now, uh, but I mostly go now for um, game hunting. And especially right now with COVID, um, Japan's borders are still locked. So there's no travel. Usually you see a lot of tourism from China, a lot of tourism from Korea, a lot of tourism from America and Australia. There's no one here. It's all the only people traveling are people that are already living in Japan. So either Japanese citizens or foreigners like ourselves that are living here that, you know, teach English or something. So it's ripe for the picking. I'm not going in there with too much no. money today, but even just going in just to look, um, just to browse is seriously so much fun. And Sebastian's bringing his camera actually. So we're just going to yeah. make a little, uh, we're going to make a little highlight video and actually share it here on the Scanlines podcast YouTube. Channel. So be sure to check that out. I think Sebastian will be kind of producing that. So yeah, I'm down. It's, it's going to be fun. It's going to be like a little vlog style video for the channel. Yeah. And then it, since it takes about an hour to get there, what better time to start the Nuzlocke challenge? Playing some poker. Just uh, like little boys. Just a couple boys with uh, big game boys. I'll be there in two oh. weeks. Two weeks? Yeah. Why, why in two After weeks? the quarantine. Uh, uh, <laughs> sound really thrilled to come back to Japan. <laughs> Very. Yeah, and, and Danny, if you if you want to start the Nuzlocke challenge with us, you can, feel free to do so. What what generation are you doing? We're thinking of doing Pokemon Crystal. Do you have that? Uh, no. Do you have well, this Pokemon too. Gold? Silver, silver and silver. gold. I have gold. The other gold works. The same game. Oh, it's yeah, just... sure. I'll join. Yeah. Really? Let's yeah. do it. We're starting today. I think today. Oh. Well, I'm going to bed. It wasn't clear. I actually wrote up a, a Google Doc. I'll share it with you because it had, we, me, like literally, dude, this is so nerdy. I love it. Sebastian and I last night before bed, we're having like a meeting to discuss the rules like in detail because there was like, wait, but what about if this happens? Like, okay, let's let's establish that rule yeah. now so we don't like getting into any like arguments over like, hey, but you did this. So we have like some detailed rules when it comes to like, you know how some Pokemon that you can only evolve them when you trade. So we yeah. made some like, exception rules that allow some of that to be okay um no legendaries i have to clarify that you're not a, you can catch them but you're not allowed to battle with them because they're just all right too yeah, yeah, and, yeah. um if you black out or white out depending on which game you play i think it's called whiting out or blacking out game over reset your yep. file start from scratch right. no so. no resets no resets, yeah, and there's no, no, no like, there's no, yeah, there's zero like, oh, I didn't mean to do that. I got to turn off my game and go back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You got it. You have to whatever mistakes you try to live with. But sure. items are fine. Um, some people, you know, there's people that like I went on the subreddit to try to get other opinions because people make like their own rules, and I was trying to see what is probably the most fun. People, there's some people that do it like for like you know kind of a living, like they play, they do the nuzlocke all the time. So like after their like fourth attempt. They do like super, it's like super hardcore Iron Man mode where they want it to be hard. So they do like no items allowed for healing. You're only allowed to use the Pokemon Center. 
um, you know, things like that. We're allowing all items. It's fine. Heal up as right. much as you want. Use repels. So you can do as much how many X attacks you want. You can do whatever you want, and you can even have oh, like a okay. Pokemon as HM slave. You just have to catch that Pokemon on one of the routes. You're only yep. allowed to catch one. Po- the first. It's not that you're only allowed to catch one per route. It's you're only allowed to catch the first one you encounter per route. Mm. That's the one. And yep. if it flees or it dies, tough luck. You got to go to the next route and try to find another Pokemon. Um, so anyways, I'll, I'll send you the list of rules because we, we think we, we set up some. And it's our first time. So we actually kind of expect that we're probably going to either die or want to restart just because we fuck up bad enough that it's like, all right, I'm doing this again. So I imagine after like a day or two, we'll be like, okay, wait, let's talk about these rules because I didn't like the A or B or whatever, you know, we'll figure all it right, out. All right, all right, yeah. Sounds Today's going to be like the trial run for us. Trial yeah. Run for today. Well, I'm going it's to like, bed after this, so you get a head start. Okay, cool. Yeah, it's it's fine. Like, you, you can, like, start, you know, whenever you want. Yeah, it, I mean... It sounds so fun because, like, I was talking to Sebastian about it last night. Like, if we, if we, like, if you really put yourself mentally back into, like, what it, what it was like as a kid to play that for the first time, like, before the internet, before YouTube, all you had was your friends and rumors and strategy guides to get through these games. It was so new and exciting. And, like, although it was easy as a kid, it felt challenging. It was hard. And, like, there was just so much to discover. Like, wait you can evolve this, you can battle this, you can, oh my, it was just so much fucking fun. And um, obviously as you become an, become an adult, if you keep buying the games, it's great, but they're so easy. And like Mike was talking about that. He's like, dude, I was playing that sword and shield game and it was cool, but like, I didn't die fucking once. Like there was just no challenge. So the Nuzlocke challenge is basically a way for adults who want to enjoy these games again and make it feel like you're on the edge of your seat. Like I have a feeling that I'm gonna like, I'm gonna enjoy it so much. I'm probably gonna bring the Game Boy with me when I go to work and play during lunch break shit. Because I because I'm gonna wanna progress. I'm gonna wanna like, oh, I have one more thing to get my guy so we can do the gym. I'm just I can't wait. I think it's gonna be so fun. I feel like it's, I'm gonna kind of relive my childhood a little bit. So I'm glad you're uh I'm glad you're gonna start with us. I, I imagine we're gonna have some really funny stories for the next podcast on like, dude, I caught this ditto and then it fucking died. <laughs> And then it ran away. Like it's gonna be funny. I think. I think it's gonna be fun. Yeah. And yeah. if you're a listener and you want to try doing a Nuzlocke challenge with us, go ahead. Feel free. And let us know how it goes. Yeah. Comment. Like, dude, yeah. I started a file. Died in ten minutes. Fuck. Like, you know. <laughs> let us know, man. I think it's gonna be really fun. For real. I'm excited. Yeah. So if you die yeah. against the like your ne- nemesis, I, I don't know what it's called. In like the first battle, you have to restart. If you die, you die, yeah. You gotta restart. You're, because you don't faint, I think. You just go back to the screen. That might be that might be an exception. I don't know. I, I mean I, I, I would argue that it's so early in the game that just restart. Like it takes ten minutes. All right, like, yeah, sure. Yeah. True. Because uh I think that the the rule really, because there's probably exceptions where there's like certain scenarios where you're meant to die or whatever like that. If you die, you die. That's yep. bottom line. Yep. You die, right. you die. So I would say yes. Don't die on the first one. And also, um, Sebastian and I were thinking about doing like a randomizer, like flipping a like a a a D and D dice on which starter Pokemon you get. Oh, Maybe. okay. Uh, I, I don't like know that. how you die for three. Is there like a nine-sided yeah. die? Is that a three-sided die? I don't think I don't think physically that's I don't a thing. Know. <laughs> just, well, I, let's, just do, let's just do a random number generator on the fucking Yeah, answer. just like if the number maybe you could do like one through a hundred and just do like one through thirty-three, sixty-six, ninety-nine. If you get a hundred, you get a dollar. Or one just, through three. Or just write their names that write their names out on a piece of paper and then just put in a hat and just that take makes it way more sense. <laughs> that makes way more sense. <laughs> There's a lot of ways we could do this. You could spit in the air, however much <laughs> All right, guys. So, I want to ask you something. The GameCube. You both like the GameCube, right? Love yeah. I know Eric. I know Eric is a huge fan. Uh, I don't know about you, Sebastian. Do you play a lot of GameCube? Um. So my history with the GameCube is Mike actually got the GameCube. I got a PS2. Um. So Mike, I did play GameCube a lot too, but I think that was Mike's played more than me. But I did play. I I beat Wind Waker and stuff like that. I played melee. I played melee and stuff like that. Is that a third-party controller, Eric? First-party Nintendo Ooh, official, and wow. only edition, baby. Damn. 
There's a white, for and there's a, back. there's an orange one too, right? The spicy the, yeah. orange one. This one came out later. Like uh, right. this one was like re-released around the time that the Wii was out. I think they had like a re-release for some reason for the GameCube ones because they were compatible with the Wii. Yeah. All um, right. All right. And as long as you replace the shoulder button, like if you're playing Smash, what you, what the this is what I did with this one is you buy this one back. It's expensive now, but back then it was twenty dollars brand new from Nintendo. Crazy good deal. You'd buy this for twenty bucks and then take one of your older controllers that's like kind of shitty, and you'd take the the L and R bumper guts from inside of it. There's some springs in there, and you swap those because these ones they kind of stick. Like if you're playing Wind Waker, you would never notice, but with Smash. Sometimes it gets caught, so you swap mm. those out with an old one, and it's the best controller you'll ever have. So I've had wow. that since since I did that a while ago. Um, wow. No third party here. Okay, so <laughs> so I want to ask you, what, what's your favorite game on the GameCube? Because I recently found my new favorite game, and I want to discuss it with you. Okay. I want to hear your first. I, I, I can name it off the bat. All right. You go ahead and do yours, May. It's yeah. About- I think Zelda Wind Waker for sure. Okay, that game. was the most thing. Yeah, I mean that was that was like I just put a lot of time into it. I beat the whole game. I had I even had like the Game Boy Advance like SP connected to it where I could like use like the treasure finding on it and stuff like that. Nice. So like I was super into it. Like I just I I went to like every island I could and like it was super just fun exploring and going through the whole game. I'll do a half glass empty answer first, and then I'll answer you my like one that I like. I can get. I'll tell you right off the bat that Mario Kart Double Dash is not one of my favorite games. I actually, right. it's actually my least favorite Mario. Kart. People really love it. I never really found it that fun. I never really found the idea of the the two two people and switching and throwing the items. I never really liked it. The levels are cool, but they 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 took the levels from that, the good levels, and put them into the DS version anyway. So yeah. I just like the DS one personally. That's the, my that's favorite the game, though, man. Man, lately I've been using the GameCube to play Game Boy using the Game Boy Player. So that's why I really love it is because I can enjoy GameCube and all the Game Boy games, including Game Boy Advance. It's just so awesome. But lately, um, okay, it's gonna be hard to put it on one, but if I had to think of one on the top of my head, kind of a basic answer, but Super Smash Bros. Melee, it's probably one of the games I put the most hours in. I also really like Mario Party 4. I really like 4 for some reason. I've just I played that one a lot. Mario Party 4. Very fun. But uh, melee is probably one. I'm not like pro or anything, but I, you know, it's like, it's a great, one of the best games ever made. It is, it is one of the best games ever made. Yeah. Absolutely. But as much as I want to say like a Zelda game, or um, I'm sure there's one that's gonna pop into my mind in a moment here. But off the top of my head, probably melee, Mario Party. Yeah. How about uh, what? What is your answer, Danny? I want to hear it. So I picked this up like a year ago, but I never actually played it. It's just like a fancy piece to have in the GameCube collection because it's in a box. But I started playing this week and I can't stop playing. I I love this game and it's stupid. It's Odama. Have you ever heard of this game? Yes, I've seen. I remember the commercials for it. Danny, I'm American. Of course I've heard of Obama. Um, so o- Odama is a pinball game. Really? It looked really it, weird to me. It's it, it does look really weird. It's it's super fun. So it's a very Japanese game, I guess. So it's a mm-hmm. pinball game where you basically fight against armies. So you, <laughs> yeah. you splatter armies with your with your ball and everything. You're trying to storm uh, the the gate and everything. That sounds awesome. It is very fun, and it uses the GameCube microphone, so you like yell <laughs> "Charge!" to to advance your forces and everything. Oh God! It is so <laughs> much fun, and you can like shoot on a gearies on the ground to distract the other armies. And no way! Hang on, it's o- Odama? so much fun, Odama. I'm on. I'm going on um, Yahoo auctions right now to see what pops up because I've never heard of this game. Odama. Oh, I remember it. I I think I thought I was interested in it. I thought it was pretty looked cool, but then like I was I wasn't sure about the pinball aspect of it if that was fun or not. You so know, I, I found it. I find it so much. Fun. I can't stop playing. So I've been playing this nonstop since wow. I got um, As a tra- now reading the kanji, it makes sense why it's called Odama. The word the kanji for Odama 
has the kanji for big and then ball. It's literally like the great ball. (laughs) The great big ball. Big big ball. (laughs) Big balls. Odama, the game. I'm gonna see. Let's see. So you how much how much does that game it's not expensive. So here in Sweden, I got this for like 300 in a retro game store with the box and microphone. So three three hundred. 300 crowns, right? Yeah, 300 crowns, sorry, so $30. Like 30 bucks. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I'm looking um I'm here in Japan and there is a copy for bid that ends tonight. It is the game complete in box with the mic separate. It's like it's like for some reason like it's not um attached to it. Oh, and it's the same developer as Seaman. Yes. Vivarium. Oh, yeah, I was going to get to that. <laughs> wow. Oh, sorry. I just saw that, but it's it's selling for only ten dollars. Eric spoiled it. It's only ten dollars. Get it. So I Absolutely. might get it. Ten dollars okay. for a GameCube microphone is actually pretty good. Just the microphone. The microphone you know what? I'm gonna, like fifteen. Oh, it, and guess who it is, Sebastian? It's Book Off. Ooh. Oh boy, see, they're improvised. Let's check, let's check if they have it at Surigaya today. Good idea. I'll see if they have it today at the store, and if they if they don't, I'll actually place an order. Um, dude, thanks for recommending that. I. Do you guys actually like pinball? Because I really do. Um, there's a couple like pinball Pokemon machines. Pinball on the Game Boy, uh, yeah. uh, the Game Boy Color. I, I like that. It's a bit like distracting being like two screens that jump up and down. But yeah, otherwise I've only played the like the Windows Pinball. I don't know what it's actually called. Space but, Cadet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's I played awesome. a lot of that when the internet was down during the. Yep. MS Paint and that and Minesweeper, right? Those were the... Oh, yeah. What else was there? Yeah. Um, and then this game. That's basically all the pinball games I play. So I never really you, played like an actual arcade pinball or whatever you call them. Yeah, never so really in, uh, I used to live in uh, uh, an area of, of Osaka called uh, America Village. It's kind of like if you think of like Chinatown in the US, it's like America Town where it has like a bunch of like... It's basically just like hip hop clothing stores and like thrift shops and stuff. But they had a really cool pinball dedicated arcade. And I was never like a huge pinball guy, um, you know, because I was I but I, I started going there a lot just because I was interested. They had so many machines and the the original Lord of the Rings trilogy arcade machine or a uh, pinball machine. I shit you not is one of my favorite games of all time. Because there's once you actually because it, it just seems like chaos, like you're just hitting the ball and you get points and stuff. But when you play it enough, you start to see like, oh, there's actually there's actually like a, a like a system here. Like if this ball goes here, now you're on the final boss of the Fellowship of the Ring, and if you beat that, then you get a multi ball for the two towers, and then it's awesome. It's seriously super fun. Um, it's one of those games that I like. I said like, when I retire, if I have any money, I would I would. I would pay upwards of four thousand dollars to get a, a a machine in my man cave for sure. Um, if I could play, it's it's on. I've I probably sank two hundred dollars into that machine just here in Japan. Um, super fun. Yeah, for me with pinball, it's like I like recent. I have played it recently on the Game Boy. Like I have this one game. It's uh, I think it's called either Sixty Six Gators or something like that. Where it's like um, it's like a it's made by a uh, Hudson stuff. I think um, it's the like same people that made the Kirby um um pinball it's like the first one it's like for a game boy and it's like alligators so huh. i have that I, I used to play that for fun and try to get a high score and pokemon pinball and stuff like that but i think when, I, when it comes to going to the actual arcade it's hard to like break that like thing like you mentioned where it's like the chaos where it's just like you're hitting it also i think if the machine isn't that interesting it's kind of like just whatever because then you're just kind of like trying to you know just hit certain things there's it some things that are not fun yeah yeah it's fun to get that like initial like like hitting certain things and you get that like response where it like shoots it back at you in different rates and stuff like that. So I think that's fun, but um I don't know I I think I haven't tried it enough to like really get into it. But the Lord of the Rings one sounds interesting. Like that sounds like it's like there's like a story there. You know, it's like a I, like I'd love to show it to you because it's 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 a lot of info to take in. But once you play it like two or three times, you're like, oh okay, I see what's going on here. It's mm. it, it's really it's actually way deeper than you would think. And and when you actually like. You, when you like feel like you get to know the machine, you can literally start to aim the ball pretty accurately. You know, you're like, if I I need to get so like I'll just give an example for the Lord of the Rings one. The goal when you first start the game is to get all of the fellowship characters, and then you're allowed to go 
to um um what's the name of uh Saruman's tower? Uh Minas Tirith? Isengard. No. Isengard, wow, sorry. Isengard. Not, not Minas Tirith, that's the Gondor place. I'm sorry. God damn it. <laughs> I'm I'm offending all the Tolkien fans, but yeah, you're able you go to Isengard and then that that unlocks the first multi-ball. But in order to get the fellowship characters, they're all located on different parts of the map. So like Pippin's over in the corner hiding, Mary's on the other corner hiding, and Aragorn is up in the battle, so you have to get up here. Boromir, you have to kill a certain amount of orcs to get him. So you're like, okay, I'm gonna get Aragorn first and then go for Gandalf because that'll allow me, you know. So you can literally start to aim for Aragorn and hit it every time. It's really fun. Like it's really fun. The so only thing the- I'll say that makes uh the the physical games more appealing than the the video games, of course, like Odama sounds like an awesome exception because you're just like smashing armies it kind of sounds like um dynasty warriors but with a ball sounds pretty fun but um maybe not but um what's cool about the physical machines and i never realized this is um there's people who like do tournaments for these things right um you're obviously not allowed to like pick up and like tilt the machine because then you're like moving the ball but you are allowed a smidgen amount to to nudge the machine it's called nudging i think or, or pushing or whatever like uh tilting maybe um like in even in Pokemon, I think there's a button that will allow you to shake the machine a little bit. So if your ball is about to go into like you know a a, a dead end, you can shake the machine to hope that it bounces off the wall instead and saves it. So like in real life, when you're playing the game and you see the ball going where you don't want it to, you're allowed to push it just a hair to like nudge it. But if you push it too much, the machine knows and you get a penalty and the ball goes and you die. So there's kind of a there's actually some strategy where you can like keep the ball alive forever if you're good enough. It's very fun, oh. but the games don't always have that because it's a game. How yeah. are the characters represented on the pinball machine? Like, are, are they just like on the on the on the like picture on the board, or is it like a? So, uh, the Lord of the Rings one specifically, it has it has like a like. There's basically two indicators on the actual like I guess I'll call it like the floor of the game, like where your ball's rolling. There's like basically a map. So you can collect different rings. Like there's, there's the rings of men, rings of elves, rings of dwarves. You can get all those. And once you get all those rings, you activate certain powers. Um, and then you also have the fellowship. So it shows all their names. Like there's how many people are in it? Like 12 or something. You, there's all of them uh, written there. And if you, if you unlock one, then it lights up. So you can look down there to see which ones aren't lit yet. And then know what you still have to accomplish. And it's also shown on the screen when you unlock them. It shows... Uh, on the little LCD screen, it shows a little like animation and you hear the audio. And once you play it enough, once you just hear Gimli going like, you know, you have my ax, then you know you've unlocked him and you keep going without even having to like check. But it just sounds like so much on like a pinball, you know, machine. Like it's like so much content on it. It's like crazy. Awesome. And that's that's where I was like blown away. I was like, this is actually really fun. Like very compelling. Fun. It's very compelling. And if you get a high enough score, you get a free play. So like it, you, you are actually compelled. And then at the end, you may not know this, but at the end of every pinball ga- game, any pinball machine, pretty much, you have, a, you have a 10% chance to just get a free game. So depending on what your score, so say my score is 6,510,000. Um, that 10 is the, is the number that's taken. And then it's like a randomized from 0, 10, 20, 30, 40, up to, uh, I guess, 100. And if, if the tens match, then you get a free game and you hear like that knocking noise. If you've ever been in a pinball machine and you hear like a, like a really loud noise, that's uh, a free game. I don't know why they do that. It's loud as hell. Like if you hear it, you'll know what I mean. Like it, it scares okay. you. Like, fuck, what was that? It's a free, it's a free, free game. I, I've gone in there once where I, uh, I, I got a high enough score for a free game. And then the next game, I got another high score for a free game. But at the same time, I won a free game from the 10% chance. And then I died. So then I had two credits. And then at the end of the second game, I got another free game, but the store was closing. So I had to leave. <laughs> it was just like, okay. that was all on one, on one play, which in Japan, unfortunately, it's four quarters. A little expensive. So, so Danny, um, for Odama, um, Odama, right? So Odama, I was going to say Obama. For Odama. Obama. <laughs> um, for Obama! Sorry. Do you have to use the microphone? Like, is it a necessary part of the game? Like, you can't play it without it? I don't know. I've just used it. It's more fun. I never actually tried. I think you can. You probably can. 
And is the microphone just like something you put onto the like table? Like, how do you connect it? Is like you connect it Control, to another right? port? So I have a Waybird, and he uh, there's like a you can buy like a small plastic compartment or whatever they put on the back, and you can just put the microphone on it. Okay. It looks, so it's, it looks like it connects via the memory card slot. Is that right? Yes. Okay. Interesting. Uh, I'll show you. The, the microphone is in yeah. here, actually. So I have this, this posting, I think, through the, the slot. So it connects through the memory card. Mm -hmm. And then uh, so you just put it on o over the, the whatever controller you're using. Or whatever you want to say. If you understand what I mean. Yeah. yeah. Just an attachment. Pretty much, yeah. Okay, so it, it makes a lot more sense that there's a mic now that you see that the company who made it was the same company that made C. Exactly, their whole yeah. niche was the microphone. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure you can play without it. I'm pretty sure you should be able to. That would suck. It's nothing I really looked into yet. <laughs> but Charge! it's it's really fun. Yeah, it's just forward. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, like awesome. one a.m. One a.m. Everybody's sleeping. Yeah. <laughs> hey guys, charge, please, charge. Bring up everybody in the house. Yeah. Fuck! That's awesome. Thank, thanks for suggesting that. I've never heard of this game. I, I'm going to check it out and try to find a check copy. It out. I recommend. Super fun. Speaking of pickups, Sebastian, you've already seen my pickups, but um, let's, let's see. I, it. I uh, growing up, never owned Sega products at all. Just never did. I had Game Boy, Nintendo, Sony PlayStation, PS2, but no Sega. I don't know why. My family just never had it. So I've always wanted to buy a Sega Genesis, or as it's known in Europe, in Japan, the Mega Drive. Same system, just a different name. I recently picked up a Mega Drive here in Japan. It was uh, loose with the controller and all the cables, composite cables, complete, or all of that was only uh, $40. So I thought that was a pretty good deal. And, um, I picked up two games. This is considered one of the one of the good frustrating games on it, but it's also affordable. Aladdin can't go wrong. There's a, there's a lot of versions of this game. Like they made it on the Super Nintendo and the Game Boy, but I believe this is the only one that supports uh, Aladdin with the sword. They got rid of the sword and all the other versions of the game, and you're only allowed to throw the apples. I think so. You can throw Apple projectiles or use the sword in this one. And it's considered to be the better game simply for that. Um, and the animations were done by the actual Disney team. So they're really, the sprites look like a real cartoon animation. It's not like tanky at all. It, like Aladdin moves super smooth and it's super funny and quirky. And Jenny and I were playing it and we got to the Cave of Wonders and got our asses whooped. Uh, really hard game, but it's fun. You got Virgin on there as like the publisher or whatever? Yeah, Virgin, like Virgin Mobile. I think they they also did. Uh, I think they did game producing as well. Um, uh, how much? How much is a copy of Aladdin in Japan? Twenty bucks. So it's not bad. Oh, all right, complete box. Good. Yeah, it came with the manual. Of course, it's in uh, Japanese. But what's uh, obviously most games that came out around that time in Japan that they're in English. You know, it's like simple, like game over, press start, things like that. There's like some, when you go to like the settings menu, some of the stuff is written in Japanese, but I, you know, I live here so I can read the, the basic stuff. Um, so that, but it's all in English, like the, 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 you know, the speaking stuff like that. And I got so, one more game. You may or may not have heard this of this one, but I think you'll just love the style. Even if you've never heard of the game, this one was $30 and I was very happy to get it because although it came out in Japan, the entire game was, they didn't change it at all. There's no Japanese in the actual game. It's only the manual that's in Japanese. The real game is completely the same. And it's a game called Toe Jam and Earl. All right. <laughs> Toe Jam and Earl. The funky aliens from Funkotron, or I forget the planet they're from, but it's a complete 90s. You can just see it. It's like jamming. They're jamming. The, the 90s was uh, very popular with like the, the kind of the, like the, what do you call it? Like the, the gross humor where there's like puke and boogers and, that was kind of like a theme. They had the, the, the garbage pail kids collector cards. That was really popular at the time. And this is kind of reminiscent of that where the characters are just kind of like these like nasty, burping, farting, weird, goofy, funky aliens. And the game, it's actually hard to describe because I've never played a game quite like this, but it's very fun. I really recommend it if you can get even like a remake or do like an emulation of it. Um, I, it's meant to be played co-op. So you have these two characters. And I haven't bought a second controller yet, but
but I want to play with uh, my girlfriend and um, play it. But I'll try to describe it. Playing by myself was still pretty fun. You basically, the 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 back is super lame. You only have one little, uh, it's like one single image, and it's not even a good image. Yeah. But um, you can kind of see what the layout looks like. But you basically start out. I don't know if it's randomly generated or if it just picks a random map. But there's a bunch of maps, and you don't know the layout because it's different every time. But you start out on a map and um, your map is like blacked out. And as you explore, the map clears. And the whole goal is that your ship is broken and you're trying to find your missing pieces of your ship, of your spaceship. Mm. So the, the fun of the game is that you're walking around and your characters just, if anything, the game just has style. The, the characters are all super funky when they walk and they, they have funny interactions with other enemies when they like get scared and run away and stuff. And the music's really cool. Um, but what's fun is that you notice when you're playing, you're like, damn, he's slow. Like my character's so slow. Like, is this even fun? The fun of it is, is when you open up your backpack, you have a bunch of items, uh, that look like pre like, like Christmas presents, but they have question marks next to them. So every time you play the game, the items are a bit randomized and you don't know what the items actually are until you open the gift. And then if you find that gift again, you know what it is because you've already unlocked it once. So it's kind of fun because you're kind of doing this gambling of like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to open up this present. And it's a present that gives you like high top sneakers. So now you can sprint and jump over like gaps and that lasts for like 60 seconds. And then, so you like, Oh cool. So now you can explore a little quicker. And the idea is that you clear level zero and then you find an elevator and go to level one and then level two and like level three, I don't know how high it goes, but the really fun part is that there's no fences on the edges. So if you fall off or you miss a jump, you don't die, but you go back to the previous level. It's like actual like layer of levels. So if you fall down, you go down to level two. And then if you like jump and run away and fall again, you go to level one and then level zero. And if you fall in level zero, you die. And the whole goal is just going up and finding all these wacky items. They're hilarious. Uh, there's like characters that are like, like the enemy is literally like a hula girl. And if you walk too close to her, you can't help but dance. So you get all pissed because you can't move. You're like, fuck, stop dancing. And it's just like, it's, uh -huh. it's, it's hilarious. And I, I have had uh, super, so much fun with this. It's super fun. Toe Jam and Earl. Um, not sure cool, what man. the characters, but it's awesome. It's great. There is a second one. Of, uh, of there is. Well. Uh, not I in Japan, found... though. No, but they actually... The last time Sebastian and I went to the Sudugaya in Nippombashi, they had the yeah. Sega Genesis American version of the second game for sale. But okay. the price and they had for sale for Tron. Yeah. It's too it's not as highly rated for some reason. Maybe it's just not as rare. I don't know if it's less fun or not. I haven't looked into it. But Probably the price they were selling it for at Sudugaya was actually a little bit more than what you can buy it for online from Lukey games oh, or something okay. like that. So I was like, yeah. I was in no rush. I'll just pick it up online. And the cool part is, is that the Japanese version is all in English pretty much, right? Oh, so it's, it's pretty much like you're Japanese in it. Yeah. I'm Dude, out. And we're, we're probably reaching close to the end of our podcast, unfortunately. But I, I what I was going to say is, unfortunately, last night I was looking on Amazon. Um, I was looking at the limited, the limited run release games for uh, Streets of Rage 4 because they, they mm -hmm. released the ps4 and the switch over in the u.s that sells for like 40 50 60 bucks or something yeah i didn't realize that sometimes limited run games that come to japan they're not released by limited run games japan like has to release them under their own publishing so it's actually mm. under a different name but it's the same re-release and because it's a switch game it comes with both the english and the japanese even though the box is japanese mm. so i went on amazon and looked up streets of rage 4 for the Switch Japanese version, because it, it confirmed that it has English on it, and you can play online as well. It's only 30 bucks brand new collector's edition in box. And nice. I ordered that last night, and it's supposed to arrive today sometime between 8 a.m. and noon. It's 9 a.m. now, but Sebastian, you and I are going to Kyoto today, so I know pretty soon we're going to be heading out to Kyoto. I was hoping that during the podcast, I was going to hear my doorbell ring and be like, guys, my new pickup, it's here. But yeah. Amazon did not show up. Uh, Too I, early, unfortunately. So that that would have been a cool pickup to show on the stream. So I'll I'll show it next time. But uh, it it technically is on the way. It's too bad it didn't show up. <laughs> but cool, man. it'll be fun. Next week's yeah. pickup. Yes. Unless you guys have anything more, Sebastian, I'm itching to go to Kyoto. Do you want to do you want to wrap it up and get going sooner than later? 
Let's see what. Let's see if Danny has anything to say. Danny. Nine. 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 Oh, <laughs> I feel intimidated. Danny, keep it easy on the SSX tricky. I know you have three copies, but uh, try to get some sleep. I wanted to mention that uh, if you wanted to see, because I think in the beginning of the podcast, Danny and Eric were talking about their time in Sweden together, when, or they want to go to Sweden. But if you want to see video footage of Danny and Eric in Sweden, you can go to Eric Abroad's channel and check out his surströming video, which is very entertaining. He's working we, we on ate... Sweden part two, I hope. Dude, okay, so now, Danny, just between, yeah, interjection. <laughs> now that I'm not working so much on, like, the Eric Abroad channel, I'm just, like, I'm kind of taking a break from it. I really want to edit that and put it together and take my time and make it good. Cause we have some, I was looking through some of that footage, dude, it's wow. We could probably make it's it two parts. <laughs> yeah. It's wow. So we, we, yeah. Anyway, so I know you've been, Danny's been bugging me to put out. I made a, basically I went to Sweden and I recorded the entire trip and I released only the footage from when him and I tried the world's smelliest fish called Sir Stroming. We threw up. It was disgusting. It's exactly what you expect. Go check it out on my YouTube channel. If you want. That was a fun video to edit. It was very fun. But um, part two is going to have a lot more of like when we actually went, like we went and did some, I, I don't want to say camping, but we went on into the Galapagos Islands and did, um, and stayed at the beach cabin there. Um, man, I had so much fun. A lot of things. Anna, we went to the concert. We went, oh. we went, and we went to the, um, what was like that garden we went to? We went to some sort of like a, like an outdoor where they had like the, remember they had like the wedding ceremony thing where people were dancing. We were drunk the whole oh, trip. Oh, yes. Skansen. <laughs> Sorry? It's, it's, Skansen is basically a outside museum with animals as well, I guess. They also showed that, that Viking ship that apparently sank the moment they put it in the water. <laughs> like, it <was> yeah. Like, <laughs> wow. <laughs> they're like, and now the new Titanic. And it like, and it just like sank into the harbor. <laughs> it's so funny. Um, and then um, um, I also got to experience uh, Midsummer. We, not the yeah. horror film where I wasn't drugged, wasn't murdered, but it was, uh, dude, Midsummer was holy hell. I mean, I know, Danny, you probably like, of course, you hold it special kind of like in your heart, but like as an American, like it blew me away. I loved it. It was so fun. It was 24 hour sunlight, just like they say. We were up, it's, it's so weird. Like we were up till midnight and it was kind of dark, like kind of. And then like two hours later, it was sunny again. It was just so weird. We were, drunk the whole time you you got sunburnt and then you drank too much and you went to sleep so like you yeah. like, he dropped me out. He like we went to his uh family friend's house and i'm getting to know all of his family friends and they speak good english in sweden so luckily that was you know luckily they did but they're also speaking swedish and stuff and i'm like wait where's danny and danny's inside the house sleeping for like five hours so <laughs> making i'm making friends with all they were handing me cigarettes and shit dude i'm like yeah i'm in i'm in sweden I don't know, dude. That was fun. They were really nice. Everyone, I loved, I loved that trip. Like, I know anytime you go to a country for the first time, it's like all good. But having a friend like Danny to like take me to the the good stuff, and it was nothing was like too touristy or anything, dude. It was, it was a ball. Priceless, priceless. And I, it's all on camera, so I just have to put it together. And I apologize. You know what? I'm not sorry because I'm I'm waiting for it to come out when I'm in the mood for it, so that it's good. Because I respect it that much. That's why. Oh, Anyways. okay. Yeah, sure. Okay, okay. <laughs> Guys, thank you. I think with that is probably a good time to wrap it up. Maybe a little bit of a shorter podcast this week, but we only have the three of us. So hopefully next week we can get all five. I, I really want to do uh, a game review challenge where we all agree to play a game over the course of like a few weeks and then come back a month later and all give our opinions. I think we were thinking of doing Odama, dude, I'll give you know what? It's even actually a good one. It's actually a good gasser ass game. Gasser, oh yeah. We want to do a we want to do a, a series on the podcast where we rate a game. Is it gas? Which means it's good, or is it ass? So gas or ass or gas. Um Odama. I think, yeah, Danny, I'll give it a try if I can find it and I'll I'll give a review on ass or gas. I assume I'm gonna like it, but um uh we were thinking about doing like ass or gas as a segment. And of course, like all of us agreeing to play a game, but I think realistically it's going to be hard for all of us to play the same game because not everyone's going to own it. So even if like two of us play a game, I think it's worth doing. Like, all right, you two, you guys play this game. Me and Danny will play Odama. Sebastian and I will do the Pokemon Nuzlocke challenge. And then like every week we're like, so Danny, how was the, how was the Odama review? What do you think of it? And then we rate ass or gas. I think that's a, 
maybe a good way to go forward with it. Like just dedicate a game to two or three people. Not unless we all happen to own it, then of course let's do it. Yeah. Cool. All right. Uh, but yeah, I think Sonic Adventure 2 was a game that we all uh, are. It's like we all have differing opinions on it. So we all want to try, we all want to do a review on it. So I'll, I'll have to fire up my Dreamcast and actually play through it. And uh, was it Sonic Adventure 2 that we were going to do or Sonic Adventure 1? I think it was Sonic 1. Adventure 1. Okay. 1. Okay. Because I've only played 1. And uh, well, I'll give my opinion next time, but I'll actually play through <laughs> it a bit more. I wasn't impressed the first time I played it. I'll say that. <laughs> but I'll give it a fair chance. Um, Cool. Uh, any last cool. thoughts, you guys? Are you guys good? I'm good. Just, uh, you know, stay tuned to the Surigaya video, that vlog that's going to be coming up, and it should be fun. Hopefully, it's going to be a fun day. Hopefully, it's not closed. I don't know if we didn't check. We, we never called him. <laughs> yeah, I we guess. never called, but it's okay. Whatever. Worst let's let's case, just go. Yeah, let's just go. Worst case, we'll just go and take pictures in Kyoto and have a date. Go to book off. Get some smoothies and then come back. Yeah. She got book off. Uh, the book off there sucks, though. But it's all we got. It's all we yeah, got. There's no sort of all right, guys. Thank you for listening to the Scanlines podcast. My name is Eric. With me was Danny and Sebastian. We are signing off. Please check us out on uh, YouTube if you haven't, where Sebastian's going to be posting a vlog from our small little day trip we're doing today. It should be fun. And we'll see you guys next week. Thank you guys so much. Take care. And see you guys next time. Bye-bye. Scanlines podcast. <laughs>